Good morning. I am here this morning. I'm speaking with Justin DeFlamary. He's an environmental health and safety manager for Monogram Foods. Justin, you sit on the e-board of the National Safety Council and the American Society of Safety Professionals for the Granite State Chapter. And I hear you have won Safety Professional of the Year Award this year. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me today. Great intro. It's like you had a lot of practice with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I had some. <laughs> now, so what does an environmental health and safety manager do? Like, what is your capacity? All right. So, um, you know, a, an environmental health and safety manager is like the individual who is managing and providing uh, the oversight of a safety program for, you know, the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, or, you know, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA. So, you know, um, a safety manager, a safety professional um, is mostly focused in accident prevention, incident prevention, the health and well-being of their employees, uh, investigations of accidents and near misses, but also walking that thin line of also protecting the company. So it should always be people first and then the company second. Okay. Now, how long have you been doing this or how long have you been in this sort of role? So I've been in the occupational health and safety field going on 10 years, nine and a half. Um, graduated from Keene State with the occupational health and safety degree in 2011. I'm getting old now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the company I work for now is called Monogram Foods. And what we do is we secretly make the food for uh, Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. So we um, do the assembly for all the sandwiches uh, for Starbucks. So if you eat at a Starbucks in New England, chances are it comes from our facility. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also uh, just got the Dunkin' Donuts croissant business. So if you have a croissant, that comes from us. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Green Giant, so we have a 40-foot fryer. So if you ever eat, uh, you know, the Green Giant Tots or Little Green Giant, uh, you see that in Market Basket or any of the other, uh, you know, grocery chains, that comes from my facility. And then we also, which is my favorite product, is uh, make the frozen sliders for TJI Fridays that can also be found in the grocery stores. Oh, nice. Oh, my gosh. That's quite a range that's that must be crazy <laughs> how many employees do you have or how many people so, do you oversee yes so i oversee around a thousand employees um and you know 800 production employees um and then you know we have different departments for distribution and warehousing and then salary uh employees so you know a day-to-day -day, uh consists of you know when we talk about hazard prevention and incident prevention of you know you got the ergonomics factor of 800 people in a facility. Um, we also have, you know, a lot of moving parts with the equipment and, you know, uh, warehousing on the forklifts and pallet jacks, taking the product in and out. Um, and then the distribution drivers, you know, loading the products and taking it uh, to the, you know, cold storage areas as well. So it's a lot of moving parts that we have to really watch out for. And I would imagine that these regulations or they must, the guidelines must change fairly often. So it must be a lot of like, for you, education and staying up on everything as things change. It, Casey, it changes quite often. And the thing that's, 
unique about it is um, Massachusetts is a whole nother ball game. So, you know, we have some storage areas in New Hampshire, some in Massachusetts. We're actually building a new facility in Haverhill, Mass. Um, and New Hampshire is much different and regulated than Massachusetts. So it varies from state to state, even if you can chuck a little rock over it, you know, it's considered, you know, Oh, a state line. So, uh, you know, a lot goes into the regulations. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. And so with um, the pandemic, with COVID, has that changed any of your, um, you know, ed the education piece you have to provide or the implementation or anything like that? Or So I love that question. Um, so, you know, that is a great question. So since we are in food and we distribute to the general public, Food safety and, you know, and hygiene safety has always been the top of our priority. So in that aspect, not much has changed uh, besides, you know, obviously having our employees in face masks and enforcing a little more social distancing. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're so strict um, that if, you know, an employee has an itch on the forehead, you know, a lot of times people just go like that. We stop the line and they have to change their gloves. Uh -huh. um, you know, we always, we have, uh, three hand washing machines where there's an attendant making sure that the employees actually wash their hands and it's time. So you can't just do a quick, you have to stick your hands in and wait for 20 seconds and then go into the room. Oh um, so that's a, Yeah. So it's always been, you know, cause that's a ready to eat room. It's always been very strict. We have special shoes. So you can't wear your outside shoes in their shoe covers that get sanitized every single night. So, um, you know, it's always been very strict in that aspect, but, making the transition to, you know, um, take on the CDC guidelines and going above and beyond what we did in the office space and in the cafeteria and outside the facility is, you know, a lot of people tend to forget the small stuff. So vending machines, we actually have, um, you know, gloves right near our vending machines, hand sanitizer right near our vending machines. And then after each use, just kind of like going to a gym where you, you're required, if you go to Planned Fitness to wipe down, you know, the equipment, uh, even before COVID happened, just for good hygiene practices, mm -hmm. uh, we have that a sanitary station near all our vending machines as well. We also took off, um, you know, the lids to our trash cans because think about it, people eat, touch their mouth, and then they're going to put their trash in. So that's a high traffic area to how you can get the virus as well. Time clocks, we have supervisors punt manually punch in their team now. So because I you know everyone was using their finger on the time clock. Um, and then also like in office spaces, we have X's on where, you know, two people can stand in each office where it's six feet apart. And we don't allow more than two people in the office at a time. So in that aspect, we kind of changed our, our, you know, managing practices of COVID, but everything else has kind of been routine. That, when you bring up the vending machines and the trash cans, like that is something that never even crossed my mind. You know what I mean? It, do, yeah. you think, do you think some of those things that you've instituted now will actually like stay in, you know, or do you think once this is all over, you'll go back and it'll be what it was before? So that's like the million dollar question, right? And you see that all on the TV, like, hey, is this gonna stay? Is it, you know, should we just go to elbows and eliminate handshakes? <laughs> And, and to be honest, I actually, you know, I'm, I actually really like the sanitation station near the vending machines. I think that is great because, it, you know, this whole thing kind of brought to mind how a lot of times we really 
didn't practice like, and I mean, as we, as like people didn't really practice, you know, good social hygiene all the time. Right. You know, you eat, a, you get the vending machine and then you just, you know, you eat it. Uh, yeah. And you don't even think about I, it. I, yeah. And, and same with the trash can, like, mm-hmm. you know, and then you just go on with your day. You don't sanitize the gas pumps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the sanitation station at the vending machines and stuff will stay, um, you know, and I would like to see that as far as the trash can lids, they can get a little smelly. So uh, I would like to see that one go back on, but that's just a personal preference. <laughs> that's true. Maybe you just take the window of it off. You keep the cover, yeah. you know, so you're not having to push anything. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So do you have to go and visit your sites where you guys actually deliver the food or kind of once it changes hands, is it then the responsibility of wherever you're delivering it? You're not responsible for those employees, right? So that is also called, so there is something that OSHA put out and it's the multi-employee work doctrine. And basically what this states is that, so we have two and a half facilities and say two and a half because we're building one as we speak in uh-huh. Haverhill. And as far as, you know, the construction management, um, the, you know, the third party, you know, general contractors and stuff, a lot of times that can still fall on the company. So I do visit the bakery facility um, and, you know, take over that aspect. We do have what OSHA identifies as a lone worker. So we have people who work by themselves at our, and what you alluded to is the, um, the where we bring the food, the cold storage uh, facilities. Mm-hmm. And because it's our worker in that facility, you know, if they get hurt, their working station, if something happens there, we are responsible. So I do uh, visit all areas that we could be responsible for an accident or an injury. Okay. So your day must never be the same. <laughs> it is never the same. And that's one of the great things, but depending on the day, that could also be one of the challenging things as well. <laughs> I bet. Oh my gosh. So what are some of the things that maybe, um, you know, if there's a small business owner listening or there is, um, you know, someone who wants to, put more things in place or more procedures in place for themselves and their families, you know, them going into the community. Do you have any suggestions or recommendations or things like that, that could potentially help our listeners? Yeah. So I'll start, I'll I'll hit that in two parts. I'll start with the personal use and then go for the small business because one of the, and you know, just for the people watching, this wasn't scripted at all. Uh, but you know, the big because the biggest question I always get is, do you do you because rec- of the field I'm in, and you know, they're always like, do you recommend I can have a cookout now? And you know, everyone is different with this with COVID nineteen. Some people are still you know very adamant they don't want to leave, which I respect, and some people are saying, hey, it's been long enough. I want to have my body immune to it. So, you know, and I'm kind of in the middle because, you know, I, I see both and hear both sides and I'm trying to prevent both sides, but all, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, I'll start with the, the personal choice. Um, you know, I recommend to the people, you know, going to, if they're going to like the gas stations or the cookouts and stuff, you know, you have the gloves in your car, you have a bottle of hand sanitizer in your car. The hand sanitizer isn't in, you know, back order for three months like it was in March and April. So everyone has this capability to have that stuff. Um, And then again, you know, we talk about good hygiene practices, you know, we should be washing our hands anyways, but like now I feel like people are more aware um, of touching their face of, you know, things like that. As far as the cookout, 
you know, I would do the six feet protocol and, you know, table spacing and chair spacing to make everybody comfortable. Because again, if you have a cookout and you have 10 to 12 people and you that, you know, some people may be very uh, nervous about it. And then other people may be like, Hey, I just miss you guys. I want to come sit next to you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for the small business owner, I, I would recommend what the CDC is putting out because again, you're, you have to think of your target audience. Who's your target audience? You're going to get a lot of foot traffic of, again, the mixed, the mixed views of COVID-19. So I would say, you know, have the, have the face shields, have the mask, social distancing in line, have markings on the floor. There's been a study that, you know, um, that the visual markings actually attract people, even if, you know, again, you're on the other side of the spectrum where, you know, that they'll just go to the visual marking and stand there. So we have them all around. Like I said, we use it in the offices. It helps people reinforce um, the social distancing, which again, um, will, will help. And I always, if you, and if people say, well, I can't find gloves. I always use the shirt technique, the bottom of the shirt technique when opening a door. So I do recommend that as well. You can make your gloves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, now, what do you think for you overseeing a thousand employees, what's one of the more challenging aspects of your job? Like what's one thing that you're just like, man, this, this is something that requires a lot of attention or, you know, this is something that requires me to continually be learning or, you know, anything along those lines. So great question. So one of the things that is very challenging is the different um, departments and their interaction with the business. And what I mean by that is, you know, kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier, it makes the day fun because it doesn't change. But I also said, Hey, it can make it difficult. And, you know, our distribution folks, their hazards, their, you know, their uh, ergonomics and the things that the uh, hazards that an accident they could encounter are much different than a uh, someone who's assembling the sandwiches for us. Um, you know, it's more just repetitive motion, putting egg and cheese on a sandwich, mm -hmm. as opposed to moving 3,000 pound pallet all day in this high traffic area while people are coming in and out, while people are doing the sandwich assembly. Yeah. So that's been one of the most difficult parts of my job. And then also kind of what you stated is, you know, we have CDC guidelines we have to adhere to now, EPA regulations. Again, Massachusetts has the Mass DEP, which is separate from all those. The MWRA, which is separate from those. You know, OSHA. So it's been a lot with everything going on too to try and keep up uh, and keep the facility safe, but again, also having the people uh, safe first. So that's been really challenging with all this going on. Oh my gosh, it's wild. Absolutely <laughs> wild. <laughs> If you ever want to come for a tour, let me know. That might actually be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> that will be, we'll take a, we'll take a live, um, a live episode and do a tour of your facility. And you there can you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And so, so you were talking about if, you know, someone comes in and they've got a temp that's too high, they've got to go, you know, like, so what, how has that, protocol, because I'm assuming that's something that's new for you guys with all of this. How does that, what's the chain reaction of that? You know what I mean? Like if someone comes in, yeah, they can't come to work, but if they were at work the day before, you know, how does that play out for you guys? Or how could you recommend small businesses, um, you know, handling a situation like that? So that's great. And and for the small business owner, I think they're, we're, we're, you know, we have nine locations company-wide in the United States. So the small business owner, I, w I really want to talk to them because, you know, I, 
I'm trying to start a small business, but I, you know, that's been on hold because of COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think if someone does, small businesses should have a COVID action plan. And I don't mind if you want to give my contact out, if any of the small business owners and your target audience has any questions, um, shoot my email out there and I don't mind uh, helping and answering the best I can. But they should have a COVID action plan uh, written and documented, especially if they have 10 or more employees, because that's the key number that OSHA puts out for written programs and stuff. So if you are a small business owner and that key number is 10, you have 10 or more, uh, I do recommend that you put it on paper. Um, but you do want to uh, take the temperature first. And then, you know, the advantage that small businesses have is there is not, you know, an influx of people trying to come into the facility at once. We have four temperature taking stations because a shift change, we have X amount of employees staggered. Um, so, you know, we don't have a bunch at once. Um, but if someone does temp hot, then yes, you, how did they arrive to work? Are they carpooling with someone else to work? They need to be informed as well. That's one that people tend to forget. Um, you know, uh, who did they work with? Who was on their shift? The interaction you need to look at. And then kind of what did they touch? Um, you know, go and sanitize it. Because things change with this virus. A lot of times, you know, it's, it was, you know, it, it can live for X amount of hours. And then that changed. So it's kind of just, again, investigating and seeing how we can do the preventative piece on that. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, people don't think about, you know, people, I mean, how many times you have interactions with people in a day and it doesn't even register, you know, I mean, it could yeah. be just in the grocery store or somewhere completely random and you don't think about, oh my gosh, if I do have it, how many people did I actually come in contact with a day? But when you're an employer, you're like, I need to know. So yes. Yes. <laughs> especially when you're a safety manager, you're like, you need to tell me every single person. Yes. Correct. <laughs> oh my gosh. Crazy. Um, and so I'm trying to think as far as the, um, environmental health, the, your, the envir uh, environmental health and safety manager, you've been doing this for um, nine years, you said, what um, do you see, have you seen things evolve drastically in one area or another over the course of the nine years that you've been doing this? Have, like, can you look back at when you started and say, this aspect of safety manager is completely different than when I started? Or can is it a lot of gradual changes over time that you're like, oh, you know, if I sat down and thought about it. I could, I could track the changes, but, um, any, anything drastic that you've seen change in the past eight, nine years? Yeah. And that's another great question. Really? Honestly, the whole industry has changed. So back, you know, go out, you know, back 10 years ago, um, you know, anyone could kind of get into safety. And if you ask any, you know, credential safety professional, it was, you know, usually the guy who, that's how the term safety cop at a company got started. It'd be like, all right, you read the book and then you go out there and discipline employees who are working on safe or don't fall into, you know, the code book. And the code book is like five times, you know, the size of this. Um, and again, they change all the time. Uh, so, that's one major thing that the field uh, that I'm actually happy to see because, you know, I do not think you need a degree to be successful, but I do think you need a degree or some stamp of education for continuing, uh, for continuing ed. So I always use the term, would you want to see a doctor that never went to medical school and doesn't have his degree? Or would you want to go see a doctor that does have its degree? So I think the education aspect has changed. Now you can't 
look for a safety job unless you have a degree in you know occupational health and safety or related fields such as engineering or uh, environmental also a lot of times um, people are asking for a certified safety professional or you may see on the job application a csp so that comes with you go, you take a test, kind of like your realtor's license, and you have to renew it every two years, and you have to have a certain amount of continuing ed classes to put that near your name. So, you know, you can put sign your name and have the CSP. So the education piece has drastically changed. Now, like, you know, anyone off the street can't just go and apply for it to be a safety professional. You have to have some form of education. Okay. You touched on something and it made me think of something else. You touched on how there used to be called the safety cops or whatever. I can imagine in your role, you must be viewed as the bad guy fairly often. You know what I mean? If people aren't following instructions, but you just don't strike me as someone who's like, people are going to be like, oh my gosh, like he's such a jerk. You know, you must have so much fun at work that people must enjoy even being disciplined by you. I don't know if that's the right term, but it seems like you bring fun to the job. You know what I mean? And that's got to be huge. Yeah. So thank you very much for your kind words. Um, You know, it's, it's always uh, difficult when you're talking about the practices of yourself because, you know, but uh, you know, we, I try to have a unique mindset and a unique strategy to safety. Um, You know, I, you know, it has been nationally recognized on the way we uh, enforce and implement our policies in a fun engagement uh, way where our employees do want to work safe. And if they don't, we do have those difficult conversations, but we do a lot of fun employee engagement contests, such as like, you know, a near miss game where we pass out, you know, fake money with the employee's face on it and like stretching (laughs) activities. Right now we're actually running a social fitness instead of social distance campaign where we're getting the employees exercising and stretching because a lot of you know, repetitive motion ergonomics injuries is what we're seeing. And every time they complete one of the social fitness activities where it could be stretching, jumping jacks, etc., they get a 50-50 ticket and it goes into a bag. And at the end of the July, we're pulling it out for a heated massage chair. So, you know, instead of just saying, you need to stretch, that's our policy. We make it fun and want, make them want to do it. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding with our numbers. We have one of the best safety records in the state of Massachusetts, um, so almost a million hours worked with a 0.98 injury rate, which is phenomenal. So, oh uh, you bring up a great point that, you know, it, it, it really is all kind of sales and marketing, even with safety. Yeah. Oh, um, there's that huge component of it. Yeah. It, it sounds like it's working. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but what, I mean, it sounds like your safety numbers and your injury you know, reports are way low. What is an average or what's considered like acceptable? You know what I mean? So that's a great question. So general industry and manufacturing is the field that we would use to, uh, to classify ourselves with OSHA when we have to submit in paperwork. And they state that the average is 2.5 uh, and we have 0.98. So we're well under the, the rate. So, and again, it's a team effort. It's not a just an effort, um, you know, and it, it all goes into kind of what you were saying is, you know, how, well, you know, how are you engaging these employees? It's the fun aspect and making safety fun instead of just, well, you need to work safe. We don't want injuries and then walk away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or if you've got someone that's just like barking at you, what you need to do, but yes. oh, <laughs> gosh now. And then, so if someone were to, I guess there must be a range of what the procedure would be if someone 
breaks code or doesn't follow the safety guidelines. But um, it must vary depending on whether, like you said, you're in um, the heavy lifting type of position or in you're in the, you know, putting sandwiches together type of position. So that must all kind of be different for each employee too, right? So you've got to know who's following what codes depending on their job and stuff like that. Yes. So, um, you know, it, exactly. It all there's like, think of it as a tier system. You know, if someone, we talk about hygiene, you know, if someone breaks hygiene or this is just an example, like show up in shorts or jewelry on, or, you know, they, they're touching their face and they, we, you know, we send them home. We don't, we don't mess around with that. Um, but if someone's, you know, not is bending with their back and not their knees, you know, we'll have those conversations. If someone's not, you know, speeding on the forklift around, you know, multiple employees, we'll have those tough conversations. It's kind of like baseball. I know we know each other from baseball, you know, <laughs> the three strike rule, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, so that's a, that's a great example. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that analogy. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> No, Justin, I so appreciate you coming on. I so appreciate you sharing your knowledge and, you know, your insight and especially how you can relate it to small businesses and the people who may be listening. Do you have any like last thoughts or anything that maybe I didn't ask you about that you think is important to share? I, I think just for the small business owner is, is, is we should support the small businesses, but just keep, you know, again, Keep, keep the faith. Uh, we're all going to get through this. I know it is a challenging time, especially for small business owners, um, especially when you deal with the general public and health. Um, but again, if any of your viewers have any questions, please feel free to email me. I, I love to interact about safety um, and I, I don't mind answering any questions. Okay, perfect. We'll put your contact. Do you want, you don't mind putting your email address up there and if anyone needs to contact you, we'll just reach out and you can help. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. We'll yes, see. thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll have to do this again and find another topic or when you start your small business, we'll do another one. <laughs> yes, and come for a tour. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Casey. Have a great day. Thank you, Justin. You too. <laughs> Bye.